Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you. In fact, we've got a special show for you today because um, he's not a rising artist. He's kind of a legend. In the, I mean, 55 years. I mean, that's a long time to be doing music. So he's lived the life for so many years. Um, John McEwen is, is on we're going to talk to him a little bit about his story and, and a lot about music. So, John, are you here? I just wanted to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm here. You know what's oh, right. funny? I had, um, we had Buddy Jewel on um, about a month ago or so, and I told him an inside ago, yeah. secret. I told him an inside mm-hmm. secret that was, you know, we, we – you know, I couldn't make the announcement that we were having Cassidy Pope come on yet, but I told him, and at the and because it was a couple of days before Cassidy Pope was before I could make that announcement, and at the very end of the show, um, he Buddy says, "Aren't you going to tell the secret?" <laughs> he, he big time messed with me there. He was talking. He was talking about him ta- doing the live takeover on my show. On our show, but he mm-hmm. kind of played into the secret. <laughs> oh well, he did. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't be doing <laughs> So, mm-hmm. as we get started here, I always like to start with the same thing that everybody talks talks about right now. How is COVID affecting you, and how are you kind of maneuvering through all this? COVID, what's up? <laughs> 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 no, I I wear a mask all the time, and uh, I'm take uh, do all the precautions. You know, wash my hands. Yeah. Right. My hands are getting smaller, though. I can't from washing them so much. I gotta all that washing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's shrinking, but uh, just dealing with it the best I can. It's it's a difficult time to uh, well to perform. Uh, like mm-hmm. nobody's touring, and they they probably won't be until next spring or fall. And yeah, it's made a bunch of people panic. Or, or I'm going to do a Facebook live. I'm going to do, a, and I've done 21 Facebook lives, and they're fun. I get about 12,000 views, but I can't believe that a lot of the performers that do them, they um, they aren't ready to be on camera. You know, or they think that it's <laughs> yeah. okay if they go on if they go on in their in their uh, workout clothes and stuff because oh mm-hmm. I'm home, you know you you know what mm-hmm. I mean I think yeah maybe I just imagine but um, <laughs> well, um just uh, so you know I'm doing uh doing what I can to get by. I was dressing up for my Facebook live one time and my wife said. Why are you Why are you dressing up? You know, it's, well, you know, I'm in people, and so we did it every time. You know, oh wow! But uh, you know, different people are coping differently, and I mm-hmm. I went up to Maine for the month of uh, August because Florida was just too. I was living in I'm living in Florida, and my wife and mm-hmm. I were just like. You know, there's 4,000 cases today. There's 10,000 cases. Let's go to Maine. 
up in Maine, there were 12 cases in the state of Maine. Uh, yeah. Wow. But, you know, up you there, know. everybody mm. adheres to the social distance, wear a mask. They're doing yeah. it right in New Hampshire, yeah. Vermont. Maine. So getting by, and <laughs> I'm trying to develop some other projects. That since I left the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band at the end of our 50th year, we did a oh, wow. 50 year tour a couple of years ago, uh-huh. which is, mm-hmm. uh, which was a. I asked my agent, "Do you think it's a good time to leave?" He said, "John, 50 years is long enough for anything." And you know, it <laughs> hit me. It was 50 uh-huh. years. 50 years is half a century. That's it a, is. <laughs> and I'm out working on my own. Well, when work starts again. And uh, mm-hmm. working on other things, I, mm-hmm. so uh, that are some are almost are ready to be put out, but I don't know if they're gonna if it's a good time and you know different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know we definitely understand what you're talking about. Like for us, COVID went the other way for us because we um, we started the show January 3rd of this year. And our original plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year. They thought, hey, that would be really good. That's probably more than most hosts can say they've done their first year. So let's just make that the goal. We'll do about 100 interviews first year. And then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, you know, um, this could be our time to shine because artists are going to need a place to talk, and we're going to give them that platform. And because of that, last week we actually hit our 200th interview for the year. Oh, well, good for you. How the goal is 300 for the year. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, we're, we're like 90-something away. So, we, you know, again, you know, we've already done nice, so it, it took us, you know, we've done 200 and two-thirds of the year. So, and the first two months we did very little. So, really, we've done it all in the last six six months or so most of it like august we did 43 inter- or 44 interviews in that month alone well good for you i hope it so does we're like okay does some good as far as getting people out there I, i'm sure it does yeah. it's good of you and well, uh thank you if this is the only exposure that some people are getting it's better than none and it's a good thing yep and we try to do our part anyway yeah. We try. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, you've done so a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you've done a lot of stuff through your years. Um, tell a little bit of backstory of you so people can get, you know, because I always like to, I, every artist I like to bring on, of course, most people who are listening probably know exactly who you are, but, you know, just tell your backstory. And well, take a couple I don't just to, most of the people that are listening wouldn't know exactly who I am. Because well I'm still trying to that out, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was in a group, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, for 50 years, and to a good third of the audience, I'm I'm that guy that runs around with a fiddle and and plays a mandolin or whatever, and to another third of the audience, it's like oh John McEwen, yeah I get to know him, and to another third of the audience, they don't know anything, they just hear the music on the radio. You know, uh-huh. So I'd say a, a <laughs> mm-hmm. third of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band audience would be aware 
of me precisely. Oh, wow. And another third to be kind of aware of what I've done and different things, which is good. It was cool. But then how many people are aware of the nitty-gritty dirt band even are are things that we have done? That is a weird thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I – Yeah. Eds would say – I said, look – I, I'm not a big star or anything, guys. Mm. Oh, come on, Dad. They're known by everyone. <laughs> do this. Go walk walk into Walmart and walk around and ask how many people know John know who Johnny Cash is mm. or John Denton, and you're going to get a yeah. lot, probably everybody. Then then go yeah. around and say my name, and you're going to get one out of twenty or thirty or forty. No, one mm. out of forty fifty. And if you say nitty gritty dirt band, then they go. That that'd be one out of twenty would say, "I've heard of that." <laughs> you know, and that's like I told a couple people you're coming on, and they were like, "Who is that?" They did. It's funny you saying that because I I told a couple people about you coming on, and I was like, "Nitty gritty dirt band." Oh yeah, I know that. I, then they knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is the way it goes sometimes that some people <laughs> don't know who the players in the band are. Some people don't right. know who the band mm-hmm. uh, People would go hear the dirt band and say, no, oh, they sound like the group that did that song. And the person that brought them would say, that is the group that did that song. You know, uh, <laughs> American Dream, Make a Little Magic, uh, a big variety of songs. But uh you know, over the course of the years, the Dirt Band had about 25 country hits and uh, three pop hits. And mm-hmm. uh, big difference there. Uh, it's like five country hits equals one pop hit, you know, at least in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Yeah. When Mr. Bojangles mm-hmm. came, it was very unlikely it would chart very high. Mm-hmm. It was un- Likely, but the record company believed in it, and oh, wow. it made it made it to number seventeen or sixteen or <laughs> so. And they said it's over. That's it. Uh-huh. It's been on the charts. It's been on the charts for oh, uh, fourteen weeks, and it's going to go mm-hmm. down. It went to fifteen, and we went ha ha ha. <laughs> the next week it went to like eighteen. I mean, oh, maybe they're <laughs> right. But the next week it went to thirteen. <laughs> and and uh, various radio radio was in a different format then. You had adult yeah. contemporary pop and country, and uh, it was getting played on the jazz adult contemporary chart about ten weeks in. So that helped mm-hmm. bump it up. And then yeah. you they're sitting at thirteen, and they said, uh, "You know, we you never heard anyone say, hey, uh, we have a top thirteen mm-hmm. record.'" You know, <laughs> and so we wanted to get in the top ten, and they said, "Well, if you play a certain Catholic girls' school in Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, if I do it, you see, the uh, one of the girls that went there was the daughter of Rick Sklar, the man who programmed ABC in New York. Oh wow! ABC in New York wow. had said they were going to play the record, and uh-huh. if they if ABC didn't play it, neither would WLS and in Chicago or, or BPN mm-hmm. and all the different ones, Cincinnati, uh, 
you know, they followed mm-hmm. ABC. So there we were Friday morning setting up to play the breakfast or the lunch show at the junior high high school yeah. for girls. Nothing against Catholics or girls, but, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And the sister walked yeah. and said, do you boys need anything? I said, no, sister, who else has played here? Oh, we've been very fortunate this year. We've had the Jackson Five. They were very good. And, uh, oh, wow. We, also, we had Mr. Paul Simon. He's a good singer. And that, that young British boy, John Lennon, I think. Yeah, John Lennon was here. <laughs> when did you have Lennon? <laughs> oh, about a month ago. Uh, well, we got to get ready for an important show. And we did the show. <laughs> the next Monday, ABC started playing the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. and, and it made it to the top 10 Bojangles was on the charts For 36 weeks wow. Oh wow That's huge In case you were going to ask that story There it is <laughs> <laughs> I love that Yeah, You know You never know where where our show is going to go You know Because our show is geared for your for the rising artists But we love having people like you on too Because you know, y'all, you've been there. You, you know, all the rising artists that are on our show, they aspire to do what you've done. So it's really they a pleasure. To, they really want to play for not play for no money in a parking lot in Wisconsin, <laughs> and then get on a bus to, to St. Louis so they can play for not enough money to pay the band uh, the next night, and then uh-huh. you know, that, that, but that I don't. Yes, we played so many free shows and benefits mm. and, and stuff that you never know. You never know, and you just do it all. One one day in L.A., we we oh, played three great. different places in L.A. One time, oh, wow. One day. Well, we did that. Um, wow. In, in Dallas, too. We played a college mm. at, at, at noon. We did one at five, and we did another one at seven thirty. Yeah. And uh there were three different areas. But it's very strange career, the nitty gritty dirt band mm-hmm. and what I've Yeah. I've played with Earl Scruggs and I've played with uh who else? Well uh, Kenny Loggins came into the dressing room when nobody'd heard of him and said, Hey you guys, I got some songs. Yeah. You wanna do one of my songs? You I got <laughs> I made a demo. A seven-song demo. Oh, wow. We did four of them, and we ended up with the first version of House at Pooh Corner. And uh, that oh, was, wow. a big, was a big hit. Kenny loved yeah. Kenny tells the story, and I really appreciate that, that he remembers. How it but uh, And, and you know, that's the perfect lead-in to where I usually go from here. <laughs> because, um, as, as you know, Fans, they see like the glory of like your Blake Shelton's, your Miranda's, your Carries, and they see the glory, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears. Not just to get to that level, but even the career level. And I always like to talk about the sacrifice side because I I believe that it's not talked about enough. Because I, I I want people to understand that these artists that are trying to make it out there. They go through a lot of crap, and it's always been that way, as you know, and they still go through a lot of crap, <laughs> and I guess it'll always be like that, 
but um, we actually interviewed um, Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014, and I remember asking her a question about what advice she would give for an up-and-coming artist, and this is perfectly lead into where we're going. <clears throat> but she said, and, this, and she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time with music, because at that time they were full-time. She said, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the day you want it to be a career, everybody around you owns a piece of you from that point on. She goes, you no longer own your life. She goes, your friends and relatives will never understand because they invite you to weddings, weekends, getaways, um, uh, holidays. But you got to say no because you got gigs, you got this and that, and they don't understand because they're like, oh, it's only one gig. But they don't realize there's 50 people depending on you being there. You can't just say no and all that. <laughs> so you have to do these. And it's your career, but they don't understand that because it's a different kind of career. Then there's days where you're going to feel miserable and all that, and you still got to get on that stage and smile like you're having the best time of your life, even if you got the flu sometimes. Uh, but then she added, but then she said, but <laughs> if you're, but then she added, if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think about what she said? And do you think that it's that that type of sacrifices is the same now as it was in your day? Well, there's two different things that one is being a performer, a musical performer mm-hmm. who's out there singing and doing something that you think should be seen. Another yeah. one is being a, a singer-songwriter. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. those two can be into the same entity, the same band, yeah. the same person. If you're a singer-songwriter, you're going to have other people, if you can get people to record your songs, you'll have other people selling your music, and you'll make more money from it than they will. In 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 eighty percent of the cases, unless they yeah. really get big. Uh, but Linda Ronstadt didn't write any songs, but she really picked picked songs mm-hmm. that she, she liked. I know yeah. that because I know. Uh, anyway, but uh, um, what she says, if you go into it, you have to go into it like it's a. Uh, 24-7. You have to love it. You have to do it. You have to want to be in front of people or not. Mm-hmm. If you don't like being in front of people enough to travel for 14 hours and then go on stage, then get a different job. Uh, yeah. Do something else. You know, if you don't, if you don't <laughs> like what you're doing, and if that not like starts piling up to be on the over half of the time, then maybe you should look at something else. Mm-hmm. I happen to have liked ninety percent or more of what I do. Uh, having <laughs> to, we have to change flights because that one canceled. We have to change flights because it's a rain day. There, there's, there's no, oh, the bus isn't. You know, it goes to like one time. I you bring to mind when the dirt band was playing. Uh, Frontier Days in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the big rodeo, and mm-hmm. our equipment didn't get there because a bus driver fell asleep in Omaha. Oh wow! <laughs> and Jeff, wow. Jeff said, we flew in, and the bus didn't make it. 
Jeff's going, oh, man, too bad we have to cancel. I said, what do you mean cancel? I've already called two music stores. <laughs> Got the stuff rented. Mm. We're going to play on rental equipment tonight. <laughs> I borrowed, I borrowed uh, John McPhee's fiddle. He was a Doobie Brothers mm. guy. And mm-hmm. uh, I had my banjo, and I borrowed a guitar and used a crummy mandolin. And uh, Jeff had a guitar he'd never played before and an amp he'd never used before. He, he's never played better. And uh than that night. <laughs> but oh, wow. We mm-hmm. put together a bunch of stuff and we played the set. Yeah. And two hours later, the bus showed up when we were done. <laughs> that guy was fired. Uh, but so there's that kind of thing that can happen. And that yeah. comes from knowing, from experience, is what counts are the words to the songs. Those weren't left behind. The chords, mm-hmm. you bash out chords on anything, and then the rhythm, and you can get most of the rhythm or some of it, even if you don't have everything. And then the, mm-hmm. the little notes, and I had my banjo and fiddle and mandolin, uh, a mandolin, and and uh, and it works out. But don't panic. Remember, a song is just. <laughs> A song is just a guitar and a voice, or a banjo and a yeah. voice, or piano and a voice, and you build it from there. Now, the other aspect of how much time do you spend doing it? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no rules. I'm, I mean, we, uh, I, I took a date in Iowa for the band. I used to clear the dates with the age. I took a date mm-hmm. for. Hurt band in Iowa, and uh, but I told them we have to be off stage by two in the afternoon. Maybe three. No, it was two. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> no, it was three. <laughs> 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 I, had be, I had to be at a little airport at four to get on a charter yeah. plane to get to Milwaukee by by five forty-five, six o'clock, and then oh, take wow. the and then be on stage at Milwaukee Fest at seven, and and we did it, you know. <laughs> but it was the challenge of it. it was the fun of doing it, uh-huh. and uh, you know there were times of doing this where you go, does this mean anything? <laughs> did it mean anything? <laughs> I, I took dates one time that was Central Park one day, Grand Junction mm-hmm. the next day, Grand Junction, Colorado, Anchorage, uh-huh. Alaska day, Anchorage, Alaska, the day after mm-hmm. Colorado, the day after Anchorage, Phoenix, the day after Phoenix, Aspen. We spent forty two wow. hours and forty two hours flying. Wow. The band <laughs> For, for just a few but, hours each time on the set, on the stage. <laughs> no, for uh, for seventy uh, ninety minutes usually. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> ninety plus encore. Uh-huh. But uh, you know I, that used to bother me. Uh, I mean, yeah. early, young, forty-five years ago. <laughs> what we're only playing forty-five. Mm-hmm. Well, I started thinking about that. <laughs> You know those the acrobat whose main thing was only uh, fifteen seconds, and they had to work all day to do it right. 
Yeah. Here they go. <laughs> well, through the hoop, 10 feet in the air, you know. And da, 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 uh-huh. da, da, da. There, they jump. They're through the hoop. Okay. And <laughs> or, the, or the bull rider, eight seconds. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's a variety of things. A uh-huh. big variety of of uh, difficulties and stuff, but those are just difficulties. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. like the difficulties, then go get a job that's easy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and and that's why I like to talk about all this on the show because I think again I think nobody talks about this side of it because <laughs> I I want people to understand. Because you know you got people that will say you know a, a rising artist they just need to go get a real job and and they don't understand they actually got not just a real job they got twenty jobs that they're trying to do in this short span and they gotta they gotta book and uh, until you get bigger you're everybody you're usually booking everything you know you're the setup people you're the takedown people you're the singer you're the artist you're the songwriter you're the everything and people don't realize that. Dirt Band played Pennsylvania State Fair one time, and the other uh-huh. act on this, Kenny Rogers, and he, oh, had wow. just, wow. he had just left the first edition. <laughs> now it used to be Kenny Rogers in the first edition. It used to be the first edition. <laughs> then it was Kenny Rogers in the first edition. He'd been out on his own mm-hmm. for about a year, and mm-hmm. uh, Ruby hadn't been released as a single yet. But I went. I went to Kenny. I said, Kenny. We're doing two shows here. How about if the Dirt Band closes the first show and opens the second? That way, we only have to change our equipment once, and uh, and you get to headline the second show. <laughs> well, that that sounds good to yeah. me. Let's do it. And we did that. And then after mm-hmm. his show, I'll never forget him. Um, he was writing checks to the musicians on the back of the bass amp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, wow. what should I do? Okay, yeah. Here's a check for you. Here's a check for you. You know, that's Kenny Rogers back in the days. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, he was he was known. He was headlining. He was uh-huh. things. This was in the mid seventies, and uh, but he had to do that. He, the finances didn't allow to have a person in the road. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, there's a lot of situations that have been like that for people. Yeah. Um, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love listening to your stories. I'm sitting there like, this is this is good. We I'm, love it. As, as we're as we're going through this, I'm sitting there like, okay, this is really good. Yeah, because again, you know, we we interview a lot of rising artists. And they're just we getting do. deep into a lot of the kind of stories you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like this just proves my point that, you know, that this is not talked about enough. And as and the more stories you tell, I'm like, oh, this is good. This this is this is this is good stuff. <laughs> well so I, I give yeah. I I give lectures at music schools. I have. I haven't done one for ten years, mm-hmm. but I would usually start out with saying, saying, well, you're going to have to be as smart as a farmer. 
and that makes a lot of people laugh because a farmer, <laughs> what's a farmer know? Well, a farmer knows what he's planting, when to plant it, mm-hmm. how to take care of it, mm-hmm. how to grow it, and before mm-hmm. it even grows, he's already got a market for it. He's got a market yeah. for it. It's already the price may come in before he harvests. He harvests, mm-hmm. he ships, and he gets ready for the next year. Now, listen, let me go to <laughs> one of those bands. They get together. They practice. They practice for a year or two. They record mm-hmm. their garage studio, and they get it. Our album's done. And they open the door to let people know. They'll let the world mm-hmm. know, hey, we got to, oh, there's nobody out there. Uh, oh, wow. Done. Oh, uh, yeah. So they've spent a lot of a good two years of their life getting to that point, maybe. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they have to have the market ready. They have to have the yeah. product. They have to have somebody interested. They have to get the word uh-huh. out. And uh, anyway, there's some of it, that. You know, what, what's funny is what you just said made me think of a story. <clears throat> Back years ago, we launched a little business that was a dining card um, where people could save money by shopping at restaurants with this dining card. And it, it was done in my city, and I thought, oh, I can, I can do that over in Charlotte, North Carolina, because we thought about moving there back then. And so, but we didn't have a machine to make the cards. So I was like, okay, here's what we'll do. I reached out through Facebook to a bunch of people I knew in Charlotte, told them what we're doing. I sold enough cards before I had the machine to then go buy the machine. Then I mm-hmm. printed the cards and mailed them the and mailed them the cards. Yes. That's not the first time that's happened. That happens <laughs> at a lot of levels. Are you familiar with Yes it does. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I've heard of it but I've never seen it. There was a Pee Wee Herman movie. Uh-huh. My brother my brother made the deal. My brother managed the dirt band, nitty gritty dirt band for 16 <laughs> years, produced records, did the covers. And, uh, he was in the film business <clears throat> also. And he, first of all, he created a miracle cause he got a, a film deal for Pee Wee Herman. <clears throat> <when nobody clears throat> then he made Pee Wee's big adventure. Well, the thing was he called the, he called his two writer friends after the mm-hmm. meeting with the studio and said, we got a problem. I made the deal. We need a movie. <laughs> they didn't have a script. Oh, wow. made, and the, mm-hmm. and one of the guys says, well, let's celebrate Pee Wee getting a deal. I'm going to get him that bike he always wanted. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> little, that, that. Well, what if, uh, what if the bike gets stolen? And they, that's where the, that was the basic principle of the movie. Pee Wee's bike. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> and uh, with Steve Martin, the jerk. Um, <laughs> Steve had a line in his act I was born a poor black child. Well, uh, that line turned into the first four minutes of the movie. He <laughs> a little white kid in, in a black family. Uh, mm hmm. Listening to Lawrence Welk while they're listening to blues. Oh wow! And, uh, 
It was really uh-huh. cute. And <laughs> Bill Bill produced five of Steve's. My brother did five of Steve's movies, and uh, mm-hmm. then they went separate ways. But so often, people, I love that people will either make something or think mm-hmm. of creating something, and the first reaction is usually. Oh, that's not going to sell. Well, what are you going to do with that? Who's going to want to do that? <laughs> uh-huh. that? That's basically because they didn't think of it is one reason. Another that's one, true. there's a certain number of those people that they go, well, if that if that works, that guy's going to get rich and I'm not. You know, or whatever the reason <laughs> mm-hmm. If you believe in what you're doing, go ahead and do it. And uh, Mia. And you, to quote Frank Zappa, never quit. Or to paraphrase. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's like with the show. We had no idea what we were doing at the beginning. Um, not necessarily sure we know what we're doing now, but we know way more than we did then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but, when we, but when we started the show, it was. <clears throat> I remember in the last year, I was like, okay, it's time to take New Country Buzz up to the next level because we we're just we were just a news website for up and coming country artists. I was like, you know, let's just start a show, Chris and Sandy show, and just see where it goes. We'd never done this at this level. I mean, I've interviewed artists back in 2014-15 era, but not like this. And we just said, you know what? And Sandy was like, are you sure this will work? I'm like, well, it worked for Bobby Bones and it worked for Ty Bentley, you know, because talking about our name. being So nobody knows who Chris and Sandy are. And I was like, well, um, everybody else does their name, so we'll do our name. We, Our marriage is our is kind of our brand anyway, <laughs> so I think it can work. Yeah. And we just launched not knowing nothing and just, you know, and never been in Sandy? radio, never did it, any of that. Sandy? Yeah. Are you there? Are you there? I'm he- I'm here. Yes. Yeah. What type of music do you like? Oh, all types. I, I I love country. I grew up listening to 90s country, but but I love pop, I love rock. <laughs> I, I love a little bit of everything. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you realize that as an interviewer you can you can get to almost anyone? If uh, even uh, let's just say you can get to eighty ninety percent of the people out there, because yeah, we're realizing that now. Pardon? We're realizing that now. <laughs> we are realizing that now. It's it's been Basically, crazy. Yeah, talking, it's been fun. Yeah, you're talking to people, people that need to talk to people to tell them what they're doing, tell them about what right, they're doing. Right. Yeah. So, I make, <laughs> I have albums on Vanguard Records. I put out an album a couple of years ago called Made in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It won the Americana Award for Best Americana Album. I put out a book mm-hmm. two years ago, a book called uh-huh. The Life The Life I've Picked. And uh, oh, wow. that does well. uh, One of the albums I made, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, is in the Library of Congress in the Grammy Hall of Fame. And it's going wow. to have its 50th. It'll be its 50th year in 2022, and that is just incredible to me. Uh, I made that something at awesome. 50 years old, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm making other things, and I got to get the word out. I'm exactly. I, that's where we are. <laughs> I, uh, 
have a spoken yeah. word album on uh, putting music behind mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Film score music that I've worked on type of music. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a, I'm going to do an audio version of my book, The Life I've Picked, with extra music, oh, with music, you know, that's always an extra. And, a, and, a and lot we'll be of playing pro- one of your songs in a minute. Okay. What are you going to play? We're, we've got to upload a travel and mood. Um, uh, sure. How about? So we're going to take uh, a. Uh, how about a, how about uh, the, the number one song? Do you think people like guitar playing? Yeah. Sure. Well, let me have play something that's a little different. This is a, in D minor tuning. It's the first cut. Can you play the first cut on the album? Brooklyn Crossing. Let me see if I can upload it into my software real quick here. So yeah, I got but the whole usually album doesn't here. take long. Okay, let's see. Here, go like this. Go to your name. Well, Brooklyn <laughs> Crossing I wrote as the opening of the album. I didn't yeah. finish it until, until we recorded. And mm-hmm. it features Jay Unger on fiddle, Andy Gessling, and various people. And uh, it was recorded in one take. With, oh, uh, wow. uh, well, the whole album was one take, but because uh, it had, we recorded with one microphone, one very special, very expensive microphone <laughs> that could hear <laughs> everything exactly the way it was in the room. You ready to play? Oh, wow. Well, it's uploading right now because I usually upload one song into the blog talk that we use, but it's uploading yeah, now. So we'll play. Yeah, but uh, Brooklyn Crossing is I played the guitar in a D minor tuning, to, not just a mm-hmm. regular D tuning, but it's a minor tuning, and uh, okay. to where when you strum it, it's an it's an open minor chord. And I okay, we got pick it. it. Okay, I finger pick it, and the fiddle player fiddles, and it's uh, one of the things that just came together. We knocked it out. It was really fun. Oh wow! And this is this is called Brooklyn Crossing from the Made in Brooklyn album. Oh wow! Well, here All it right. is. We're about to play it. Ready so hang on the line here. Yes. Yeah.
love it. Yeah, awesome, great song. Yeah, that was uh, to imply, to make them uh, pay attention, pay homage to all the people that came to Brooklyn over the years in the in oh, 1910. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the different right. cultures that existed there still do. In fact, I remember mm-hmm. I was living in New York, and there was a picture in the paper of a Catholic priest helping the Jewish rabbi put a menorah on the Christmas tree. And then he was heading mm-hmm. over to the Catholic Church to do something with him. You know, they all get along. We should all get along. <laughs> you can all get along, everybody. Yes. And I know yeah. the solution to world peace is everybody, if everybody was just nice, just be yes. nice. Be what your mother said. <laughs> yeah. Be nice. And uh, <laughs> Ain't that be nice. But yeah, because uh, if everybody just treated everybody like they loved each other, it would just. Oh, I mean, yeah. again, it only takes each person to say, you know what? I'm just not going to hate on anybody, and we change the world. Oh yeah, that's good. You don't have to love somebody. You can let mm-hmm. them be themselves. You can like them exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're okay. Yeah, I don't like Jewish food, so I, uh, you know, so I don't like you. No, I I like you, but I don't like your food. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of people I know that rail against a bunch of people that rail against Mexicans, but they eat tacos Uh and burritos, you know. Uh (laughs) And they eat fruit that the Mexicans pick in the fields. And uh, right, uh, we we can't all get along. Uh, One of the things about news is. You know, there's plenty of people in this country getting along, but the news oh, yeah. doesn't cover them. They don't tell you what's happening no, in they Olathe. Don't. They don't go to Fort uh, Fort Dodge, Kansas. They don't go to mm-hmm. you know. They go to where the trouble is. Yep, and, and mm-hmm. that's the, and that's the problem. It, it don't because I, publicize that there there's a problem there, but yeah. I'll tell you. Anybody that's upset or worried about now, go watch some specials about 1968. There's one on TV called mm-hmm. 1968. Watch something that covers the years 68 through 72, and mm-hmm. you'll go, oh, my gosh. It's a little tough now, but it's not that bad. Not like that. Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause, cause that's what I try to tell my friends on Facebook. You know, a lot of times I try to tell my friends on Facebook, look, get off Facebook and go into the world because we, we're out and about all the time. And you meet the nicest mm-hmm. people. I don't see hate between people when we're out and about. I only see it online. And if you only see it and that's your only – if that's how you look at the world – then yep. it will affect you. It can affect you. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Are you old enough yeah. to remember Kent State? Not Kent sure. State? I mean, I'm 49. Okay. Do you know what Kent State represents? Nah. Now, see, that's amazing to me. Amazing. <laughs> Kent State, where the National Guard murdered four students in around 1971. They oh, shot wow. I was born in 1970. I was born in they 1971. <laughs> flowers around on the campus saying, be nice. Oh, wow. And somebody said, fire. And they wow. killed four students 
on the campus. Mm-hmm. That's what the country mm-hmm. was like in 1970. Wow. Churches and I, so I was born into that. Wow, during at, that time. You were born in that time, but it had gone by the time you were old enough to think. And yeah, yeah. Churches were burning. Uh, Robert Kennedy was killed, right? Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Robert yeah. Kennedy was killed at the at mm-hmm. the uh, in L.A. We played that mm-hmm. same room, Ambassador Ballroom, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. We played uh-huh. there the next night. The next night. After, oh wow. wow! After the after the Democratic Convention and Robert Kennedy's <laughs> murder. Well, there was a, there was a high school prom that was going on at the Ambassador. Uh, be careful of that of that yellow tape over there. That's where uh, that's where he got shot. Okay, we won't go over there. But uh, <laughs> wow. different, different times, and this is a different time. Because uh, yeah. anyway, so enough of yeah. that. Yeah, because twenty, thirty year, twenty, thirty, forty years from now, people will look back. And whatever issues they're going through, they'll probably say the same thing about this time period. Well, we're not as bad as that, you know. At least hopefully they can say that. <laughs> yeah, if we're not all dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the things I like to do on the show is, you know, I think that the teams behind an artist never get enough love. They don't, people never get enough time to talk about anybody. Um, so I always like to give a few minutes where the artists can actually talk about the team that makes them who they are because I don't think fans get to hear this. So if you want to take a few minutes, just tell us the team that makes you who you are. I, I don't know. Uh, you find people that like what you do, and you find somebody that even if they don't like what you do, if they know how to sell what you do. But for me, my brother was a, a manager of the Dirt Band, and when he mm-hmm. quit, I found, I said, we ought to get this guy in Denver to manage us now. And he was a perfect guy. And as far as the team, I think it's today's music. You can't just give us a video. Who's your publicist? Who's your manager? Who's your PR? Mm -hmm. Who's your record company? Who's your, I mean, there's, there's so much that they think is required when what it really requires is a song that's very well written with the message that needs to be sung. And somebody goes, people need to hear that. And then the people come around and you have to be careful who you pick to be on your side because there's a bunch of sharks out there and there's a bunch of friendly fish too. But as far as my team, I have a great agent. I think Mm -hmm. I appreciate my agent. And uh, yeah. I manage myself. I know some really good artists out there that mm-hmm. well, Steve Martin manages himself, but he has a good agency and a good PR company. So he, uh, but uh, let me see. Over the years, the record the record company was very important, and there were yeah. some good players there. There were also some very bad players. And I mean bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you remember the song in American Dream? Voila, in yeah. American Dream, we can travel, girl, without any means. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I was going up the chart, and my brother asked the record company guy in charge of promotion, would you work that record a little harder, please? And the guy says, you don't get it. $5,000 on my desk in cash or Coke? Mm. Well, and he got his $5,000. He didn't get the Coke, but uh, and the record went to the top ten. Had we not done that, had he not Mm -hmm. taken money to the table, even though he was Mm -hmm. working for the record company, um, it wouldn't have gone to the top ten. And there, you know, it's like, be careful who you pick. Sometimes the team players aren't, it's not a perfect world. It's not a beautiful thing. But you try to get it nice. You try to work with nice people. You're trying to find people that believe in you and what you do. And I have several mm-hmm. people that do, and I'm very appreciative of it. Love that. And, and you know, we kind of got a third party to our team, our little eight-year-old. Um, we always bring him on to ask each artist one question, so Sandy's going to get him on real quick. You know, we, we're a family affair show. <laughs> and, you know, when we get – when our 18-month-old daughter gets old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> oh, good. But Sandy's about to get him on. Yep. Okay, here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi, so what's your favorite food? What's what? My your favorite food. My favorite food? That's an important question because when you're on the road working as a musician, (laughs) there's getting to eat what you want is a hard thing. And if I can get uh, if I can get a nice grilled, um, you know, either grouper fish, uh, mm. either that or haddock. That's one of my favorites, along with a nice potato, yeah, on and uh, you know, some vegetables, fish, fruit, and vegetables. That's what I like. And if mm. that doesn't, I use tuna. You know, you <laughs> take a can of tuna. You take a can of tuna. You take it out of the can. You chop up some lettuce really fine, and you put some olives in it and some pickles, little diced pickles, and then spread it on bread. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, that makes me hungry. <laughs> and what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza? Well, that's kind of a – you want the uh, asparagus pizza? You want a Hawaiian pizza? You want the, you got a lot of choices there. Pepperoni. Oh, pepperoni. Yeah, that's good. Well, bye, thanks. Bye, bye, Chris. <laughs> yeah, he comes and goes quick, but you know there are times where an artist has to because our our show is usually fifty to sixty minutes on average. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. an artist has to go a little early, and he gets a little upset because yeah, I didn't get to ask my question. That's right. And I call him my, our secret weapon because uh-huh. a, lot, a lot of times we'll be watching people's um, live concert things online who came on our show. And if they mention our show, they always mention him. I'm like, okay, well, there's our uniqueness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good. I'm glad you've had me. I hope people investigate John McEwen's, uh that's my other stuff, the book, mm-hmm, The Life definitely. I Check. Yes. Uh, just check it out. We're going to have to pick up that one. 
Well, I we will. Know. Yeah. It's not just a story of me. Uh, it's about yeah. the people I've worked with, about people that I've crossed paths oh, wow. with, and, and <laughs> about the dirt band for sure. Nitty gritty dirt band was fifty years of my life. But even mm-hmm. during that time, it wasn't all of my life. I raised six kids, yeah. and uh, oh, wow. there's a lot of that in there. The uh, story of Will the Circle Be Unbroken album is a complete chapter, as is the chapter on the Russian trip in 1977 when we were the first oh, wow. American group, first American band to go to Russia, played 28 oh, cities. That, oh, that wow. Chapter's wow. That chapter is called the Red Brick Road, and that's a good. <laughs> that's a good. And uh, there's some things in there that, uh, well, you got to read. Just read the reviews. Go to Amazon. There you go. <laughs> and put in the life I picked, John McEwen, and it'll pop right up. And there's over a hundred five star reviews you can read. Wow. And there's a one star so. review you can read too. Read the one star <laughs> review. It's a, it was written by one. I'm sure it's one of the guy's ex-wives. That's <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. You know, I, you know and, and what's funny about one star, you know, that's why I hate the star whole review things, because a lot of times it's people who just don't like you, and they've never even bought what you're selling, but yet they're going to review it as bad, even though they know nothing about what's in it. Oh, I don't have that much trouble. Uh, most of them are five star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <clears throat> so, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you through social media, that would be great. Well, I have a Facebook page. It's John McEwen Music. That's a good thing. And uh, my web page. My mother thought of the website name. It's John McEwen. Dot com. I told her. Uh, yeah, it's going to be johnmckillen.com. And she goes, who's Dot? You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who is Dot? I love that. <laughs> My mom was quite an influence. My mother was quite uh-huh. an influence on what yeah. I do. And, wow. Uh, she, when she I'm turned sure she's 90, in the book, too. Huh? Oh, yeah. She's mentioned as a supporter for sure. She turned 90. She said, all I want is one of those computers to contact all my old friends. And uh, <laughs> old friends, mom, I got her I got her a Ouija board. That works out. <laughs> oh, man. We we just absolutely love you. And I could talk with you all, you all day long. But we know yeah, you're on a busy schedule. Um, so we really enjoyed having you on today. And we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Hope to hope to meet you down the road. Thank we're we're moving that. to Nashville next year. Uh-huh. We are good. Well, like I said to my mom, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you have a great day. Same to you, Christmas. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.